Philippians chapter four, verses 12 through 13 says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Today, Paul doesn't need your gifts. They're nice though. This is day 18. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's Word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story He's writing for each of us every day. Welcome to day 18 of the Journey Through Philippians podcast. I'm here with Brendan Lang and Melissa Payne. Hi. Once again, no changes there. Since yesterday. It's all the same. Yep, it's all the same. We're <laughs> still here, a couple days out from the very end of this journey. Mm. Sad. It is kind of sad, but it'll be okay. Because well, I'm guessing this won't be our last time reading the Bible. <laughs> I, <can't laughs> I would hope not. so. I think what we've said in this is like, that's the best way to keep living in the right way. Yeah, I think so. Well, I like to imagine that we're back with Paul in his sassy spirit today. Mm. And maybe it's just, again, I'm bringing my own <laughs> stuff to the Paul. table. Reading yourself. But talking about Paul. some gifts and like mm-hmm. being hungry and fed and, you know, very contrasting I'm things. Good. But yep. here's mm-hmm. my question, really. What's the most memorable gift that you've ever received? Or maybe the Ooh. best gift? When it comes to gifts, mm-hmm. what sticks out in your mind? I can think about like the most practical gifts that I was given. Best gift. Hmm. More memorable. Practical. That's not fun. I know. That's not fun. Well, I was thinking I had like a car Christmas one time. Oh, that's pretty memorable. That's a big deal. Well, no, no, no. I wasn't given. Have like a ribbon on it. Oh, no, no, no. You weren't given a car. I wasn't given a car. A car themed. Like Cars the movie? (laughs) Like jumper cables, you know, (laughs) the the air, you know, thing that checks the... No, that checks the tire pressure. Oh, tire pressure. gauge. I got like new windshield wipers. I got new... It was one of those things that my dad was like, okay, now that you're 17, you get all these things for your car. This is maintenance. I know. <laughs> Here, here's a gift of maintenance to take care of my car too, probably, right? Yeah, yeah, car? probably, yeah, basically. Probably. But that's not fun. That's not exciting. Well, we'll come back to you. Okay, you know. good. Brendan, what about you? When you asked that, the first thing I thought of was, I remember when I was a kid, I really liked Ghostbusters. Okay. And I got like the whole body pack, you know, like the thing they wore the in the costume. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah the, and the little sword laser torch whatever it was a vacuum cleaner it was was a ghost vacuum you know what I'm talking about that thing they stuck out and then it had like this yellow foam that like was five feet like I had little foam laser because it sucked the ghost in sucked the ghost in yeah I remember that I ain't afraid of no ghosts that's right well now you aren't no I'm not before (laughs) that it was tough times in the Lang household that was always one of my favorites oh that's awesome I mean similar to my childhood I mean I'm pretty nerdy Star Wars is a big piece of my oh, story. Boy. Oh no! Which, which uh, I remember that first Christmas that we were given Star mm. Wars toys, like action figures, and mm-hmm. like he had the X-wing and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty big day. Nice. Melissa and her, I are both like we don't know what that is. I know, but actually, Star cool. Wars. My Do you, brother, you know what the X-wing is? I don't well, know what that is. I've it's seen the one all the that movies. has an X. It's like the thing <laughs> on the that wing? flies. Yeah, the, I mean, all the normal guys fly. I mean, up until this point in this universe, it's been the red class. You know, so when they do their call sign, you know, red five calling in. No, okay, nothing? now now there's I'm, the yellow wings. I'm wings. Is this lost. like when <laughs> when they shot like the dinosaur looking robots? Is what that are you what talking about? <laughs> you remember the ATATs? Yes, I those don't are know. cow walkers for for short, <laughs> they, which you should know all about. They kind what of look like. It's been a long time since I've seen you guys have seen. They kind of look like you know. There's new ones out, right? I I haven't seen all of them. Okay. 
thing. <laughs> this is devolved. That yeah. was the most memorable for me because like that was like the typical Christmas. Like, you Aww, get the little toys yes. you can play with right yep. away. Yeah. After that, the magic was pretty much gone. Yeah. Okay, now I'm tracking. Okay. Now I know where we're going. Okay. So my most memorable gift, it was also at Christmas. Me and my brother were probably like five or six, and we loved spaceships. We loved astronauts. I had an astronaut Cabbage Patch Kid. And so my dad built us a spaceship to go in our like upstairs playroom. It was spray painted. It had like NASA written on the side and it was made out of wood. And so he was really creative. Oh, it didn't awesome. get very far out of your playroom though. No, actually he built it in the house and then they had to take it apart in order to get it out of the house. Right, but I'm saying like it probably didn't get you out of the Earth's orbit or oh, anything. Oh, well, like that, so. in our imagination. Oh, mm -hmm. so it's not a real spaceship. No. It's like a toy mm -hmm. thing. Oh, it was, that makes more sense. But it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, today we're talking about gifts, or Paul is, I guess, mm -hmm. whether he wants them or not. We're talking about them. Yep. To dive into that, Brendan, you want to take us through our commentary? Day 18, content in any and every situation. Today's reading includes the conclusion to the main body of Paul's letter. In this section, Paul gives thanks to the Philippians for some gifts they had recently shared with him. This is not the first time in this letter that Paul has expressed his gratitude for these gifts. In Philippians 1, 3 through 5, he thanked God for their partnership in the gospel. In Philippians 2, 25-30, he honored Epaphroditus for delivering these gifts. However, this is his most heartfelt thank you, encompassing a full 10 verses. In the middle of this extensive thank you note, Paul does something curious. He writes a short aside, saying that he didn't really need their gifts. He writes in Philippians 4, 11-12, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. This is an odd statement because it seems to undermine his thank you. But there are a couple of reasons why Paul makes this digression. First, in Philippi's society, which was driven by honor and shame, all sorts of power dynamics could be involved in the giving and receiving of gifts. Those who gave gifts to others could advance in status, and those who received gifts could find themselves subordinate and indebted to the gift giver. By emphasizing that he was content, no matter his circumstances, Paul made sure that the Philippians knew that their gifts were just that, gifts. The gifts did not obligate him to them or make him subordinate to them in any way. In the kingdom of heaven, gift-giving is motivated by generosity, not by the pursuit of power or influence. Second, as the Philippians faced the prospect of suffering for their faith, Paul wanted to pass along what he had learned from his own life experience about contentment. Contentment is not found in material possessions, and it is not found in one's own inner strength like some contemporary Greek philosophers taught. True contentment is found through him who gives me strength, Philippians 4.13. This is an important lesson for us living in modern America. Despite the overwhelming blessings most of us enjoy compared with the rest of the world, it is quite common for us to feel discontent, especially when we compare our situations with others. We think that when we get the right job, house, possessions, or spouse, then we will suddenly be happy. Usually, we are just let down. What Paul teaches and models is that contentment is possible in any and every situation. To be truly content, we must remember that a relationship with Jesus is the most valuable thing in this life, and that God alone can meet all our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. For day 18, we're reading Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 20. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. 
I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Melissa, do you want to take us through our discussion questions for day 18? First question. Philippians 4.13 is one of the most memorized verses in all of Scripture. When read in isolation and in other translations, this verse seems to say that believers have the ability to do anything they set their hearts on. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. But how does the surrounding context change how we read this verse? What is Paul really saying that he has the strength to do? Second question, how do you struggle with contentment in your own life? What would it look like for you to be content with the situation God has given you today? When it comes to this whole society, it seems like there's a lot of kind of subtext happening mm, to this gift stuff. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of context around why is Paul saying this or even just making a big deal about their support mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I know you've mentioned the honor and shame culture. Yeah. Does that play a part in this? Yeah. So Philippi, they had this honor and shame society and they also operated on, sometimes we call this a patron client society as well, hmm. where basically they're interrelated and you'd have sometimes people who had you know more resources and things mm-hmm. like that. They would give gifts to others, but they would essentially create this sort of relationship where the other was obligated and in some mm. ways inferior mm. to them. Yeah. And this is actually what we see with the emperor. The emperor is the supreme benefactor, supreme patron of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And he gave of his wealth sometimes to provide for the needs of different communities. Mm-hmm. But in return, well, they worshiped him and they were loyal to him. And this was how he sort of held on to his position at the top of the social ladder and mm. kept everybody, you know, submissive. kept everybody submissive to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for Paul, you know, why does he make such a big deal about like whether he needs this gift versus not needing this gift? And he says, you know, his ultimate contentment. What is he speaking to in the Philippians, you know, their psyche of where they're coming to the table with this conversation? I think there are two pieces. One is he's really trying to carefully navigate the dynamics of his relationship with them. He wants to, of course, thank them for the gift, but he also doesn't want to oblige himself to them in any Mm -hmm. way and to feel like he is now responsible to do whatever they ask. He responds to the Lord Mm -hmm. and they're just his equals, his ministry partners who are supporting him, but he's not obligated to them in any way. And so he does this carefully by saying thank you in a sense, but also saying, just so you know, (laughs) I'd be fine without it. So (laughs) I think that's one piece. He's trying to navigate these social relationships. They're not like board of investors. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. To like and, and, board or but do you and think get, they were giving for that reason? Not necessarily, but this is 
typical. I mean, this is okay. how we see this kind of stuff in our society today, too. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about investors, right? Like, yeah, it's like a startup gonna, culture almost. Yeah, exactly. So if you're giving to something, well, you're expecting some sort of, even if it's investment in the kingdom of God still, right. you're expecting them to have results. You're expecting them to maybe okay. work in certain areas. And Paul says, I'm not obligated to do what you say, Yeah. just so you know. So I think that's part of it. He's really carefully navigating this social relationship. Mm. Mm. So that's one piece. The other piece is I think he's just teaching them, again, through his own experiences. Mm -hmm. Because as we've seen, as we've talked about, he's in prison, he's suffering. But these are things that he's anticipating the Philippians are going to have to experience as well. They may not be thrown in prison, but they may Mm -hmm. suffer in different ways. And now he's telling them, hey, if you are going to lose things, well, there's a way to have contentment. And I know this myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I've lost a lot. I've given up a lot to follow Christ. And I know what it's like to be well off too. I've had good experiences in life, but I've had these difficult experiences. And still through it all, I've been able to be content. And you can have that contentment too. Well, and it's interesting because he takes this context to the next step and he says, whether well-fed or hungry, he almost makes it like a non-issue, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, whether I was going to get support or not, I know that my mission and my purpose and who I am, my identity is so firm and foundational Mm -hmm. to who Mm -hmm. I am. I don't really need your gifts. It's great. Thank you for the support. Mm -hmm. But this transcends all that. And he says, you know, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And that's like a very used verse. I remember in Awana back in the day, (laughs) it's like number one. I think my kids have already come home from school and they're like, I can do all things through him. And I'm like, I'd love to fly. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an option? Steph Curry always writes it on his kicks. Really? Philippians, oh, well, not the whole yeah. first, but Philippians 4.13. And I mean, look, he's not a typical basketball player. He's one of the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. I do think this discussion question is interesting, though. Like, yeah. reframed and all this other stuff definitely mm-hmm. changes the whole meaning. Even just like grabbing this last mm-hmm. part of the last verse, whether living in plenty or in want, mm-hmm. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a profoundly different meaning than what I was raised mm-hmm. right. about it. Yeah, it seems like it always had to do with like sports or this accomplishment that you could do through Christ, you can do it, you know? And so, yeah, you're right. Like in the context of the whole verse of everything that Paul is saying, it's very different. Yeah, and actually like the way the NIV translates this. So in the question, I can't remember which translation this is, but it's a pretty typical translation. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. But in the NIV translation, they put, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In this translation, they're pointing mm-hmm. you back yeah. to what he just said. And that's so important. It's not that you can do everything mm-hmm. through Christ. I mean, all things are possible with Christ, technically. Sure. Jesus says this himself, but he's basically saying, I can do all this. I can be content, be content. in all yeah. these circumstances mm-hmm. through the strength of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's pointing to, right? Mm-hmm. This idea of this is contentment Yeah, and it's joy amidst mm-hmm. trial. And again, we talked about this yesterday. Let's not like just breeze past sufferings of Paul, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This guy was physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually abused. And by the world who just did not agree or did not understand what he was trying to say or do. Mm-hmm. Yet to be able to have this contentment mm-hmm. through all of it mm-hmm. is really profound. And it's also profound because we talked about this yesterday too. We talked about anxiety. Mm-hmm. This is talking about contentment in society mm-hmm. and where you're at. There may not be two more relevant topics Mm -hmm. for our society as Mm -hmm. a whole. We live in a society where it's so easy to be discontent. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of this has to do with comparison. If you look at what you have, what I have, and we go to any other part of the world or we go to any other period in time, you compare what we have to the Roman emperors, the most powerful people in the world back then. I mean, we have access to treasures they would have never dreamed about. Right. And yet we find ourselves so discontent sometimes Mm -hmm. because we look around at what everybody else has and we're like, I want that. I wish I had that. You know, it's something I got. I mean, 
my wife and I, we still rent. You right. Know? Yeah. I'd love to be a homeowner. There are all sorts of things I'd love to have and all these vacations I'd love to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I still have so much. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul's teaching us here that happiness, contentment, joy, mm-hmm. those things don't come from material possessions and material circumstances. They come from a relationship with Christ. Right. And I think even just talking about suffering and trials and things that we face, we're all going to face them. You know, it's not like, oh, maybe, you know, that could happen to me. It's going to happen. But it's like, how do we handle the situation or the trial that we're going through? And how are we showing that, like, even in the midst of these trials, that I will still praise God? That's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about all the things that I'm not content with right now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this is sort of the issue of our age too, is we all hopped on this bandwagon Mm -hmm. of social media Mm -hmm. and even just that name, social media, Mm. like something that can be very controlled by outside forces Mm -hmm. and social, something that's so integral to us being human Mm -hmm. and they combined them and it changed the way that we relate to people. We relate to people as almost this honor and shame culture. You're either shaming and disagreeing with each other or you honor somebody and like place them so highly that you're like, man, I want to aspire to that. I want to be that. I want to have what they have. Their family looks amazing. Their vacations look amazing. Their cars look amazing to the point where people are willing to be bought. Yeah. And they become influencers Mm -hmm. and they become people that are paid to look and act and live a certain way so that more people can make money or influence society and culture as a whole. And all of that is confusing for people who aren't aware of what's really going on, which is they want to show you what you don't have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the situations that you're not a part of so they can get you to that point. And at the very least, so you can get to the point where you want that. Yeah. Right. FOMO. It's real. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you think that you'll all of a sudden be happy. Like Mm -hmm. if you have those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, they look like they're enjoying life. Life's a party. And the truth is, I would assume it may not always be the case. Maybe some of these people really are happy. Mm -hmm. A lot of them probably aren't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, material possessions at the end of the day, whether you have them or don't, they're not the key to finding happiness, to finding content. It's funny because whenever I'm teaching somebody photography, a key to photography is not about what's in the frame. It's actually what's outside of it. What do you limit your view so that you can show only what's in the frame, only the things that's very curated and particular to what you want the photography Mm -hmm. and the photo to communicate. And that's what I tell people when I'm talking about social media too. You don't know what's outside of that frame. Right. You don't know how hard it was to stage this. Mm -hmm. And there is really good, authentic storytelling and media happening. Mm -hmm. But how do you discern between the two? Yeah. How do you figure out what's real and authentic and what is staged very particularly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's funny. It reminds me of this commercial where this mom is like holding her son and she has this like really pretty blouse on and his hair is done and she's holding him and that's just the part of the picture that is shown. And then you pan back and she's in pajama pants and the rest of the house is just like in disarray, you know, and it's this idea that we do try to paint this picture that we have it all together and that we don't want anybody to see the messy parts of us. But I think that when we're actually real and honest with what we're going through, the situations that we're in with others, it almost gives them an opportunity to say, oh my gosh, me too, you know? And it's that relationship that you can build to say, you know, we might be going through this trial, you know, we might be suffering, we might be struggling with anxiety or depression, but for somebody else to say, oh my gosh, I've gone through that too. Or Or let me show you, yeah, yeah, let me show you these messy parts of my life. Like, I think that's when we can be real and honest with each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think along with this is this tension of 
still having aspirations. Mm -hmm. You still want to work towards something. And even in the church, people call it the holy discontent, right? Mm -hmm. It's just the opposite of content. So how do we balance the two in this world? You know, maybe there is a material expression of your aspiration. Mm -hmm. Is that innately wrong? How do we manage the tension of being content with where we're at, Mm -hmm. being content with what we have and being content with who we are and the situations that we've been dealt, but also move towards what we're aspiring to in a healthy way? I think it's both and, you know, God wants us to have goals. He wants us to try hard at everything that we do. He wants us to put our hearts into everything that we're doing and probably set up some goals for our lives that we're trying to reach. But I think it's when we get to that point that the disappointments come or that we can't quite get to where we thought we were supposed to be. You know, are we blaming God for that or are we content in that situation as well? I think it's like separating contentment from those things. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to like chase and it's okay to own things too. Like right. it's okay yeah. to have a lot. And Paul sometimes he had a lot at certain points in right. life. And he says, I've learned that you can be content with a lot, mm-hmm. but you can also be content with little because the truth is you're not chasing happiness and things. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's just like when you give a kid a Christmas present, right? Like yeah. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, we talk about the Ghostbusters thing. I had fun with that probably for two or three days. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped playing with it. And it's because I saw the next present the kid had and right. I wanted that and I wasn't so concerned because I already had yeah. this thing. Right. And the truth is those things, they aren't gonna bring you happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I also don't want to be naive about the fact that there are things you genuinely need to get by in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Like, you know how much yeah. of a difference it makes sometimes when you have a nap and you have a meal when you're hungry. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like hangry. <laughs> like that's me all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> was, I wasn't going to say anything, but you seem like you need a nap yeah, today. I was like, oh, that was kind of grease too, right? Yeah. <laughs> just get me a meal. We just need to get him a gyro. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, gyro. Euro. Euro. That's how what they call it? them there. They, they call, them gyros. call them gyros. Euros That's, that's is what they pay you with. Fallon calls it. I know. <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> that's what they, I don't know. That's what they call them because euros is what you pay for money. That's true. Money, so. You're right yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. But what was it? What were we talking about? Where was uh, I? Contentment. Uh, needing a nap. <laughs> needing <laughs> needing a, nap. a nap, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are things you need in life to like help you get by, but there are also some things that aren't material necessities yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, are you going to trust that you'll have joy when you mm-hmm. have those? Are you willing to say, you know what, I can be okay even if things aren't okay in my life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what it does is those material possessions, you reframe how you view those things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You reframe those as gifts mm-hmm. and things that are yeah. truly not yours. They're given yeah. almost as like, alone or stewardship of this while you're yeah. while you're here but the real question is when those things are taken away mm-hmm. like Paul has seen both ends mm-hmm. when those things are removed you know those necessities yeah. even those things that you're like this is a non-negotiable in my life mm-hmm. when those are removed <laughs> and you start to feel that tension you start to feel that pain where do you turn to and what's your attitude about it like that's the real heart check for me. I experienced this when I traveled abroad into more like third world countries. And, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, when roads that are paved mm-hmm. are removed during a rainy season mm-hmm. and there's just flooding and you see this guy on a semi trying to make it down a muddy, unpaved road. Right. It's like, you still good? Yeah. Are you still content with this? Because <laughs> even within me, someone who doesn't live there, I'm like, someone needs to fix this. This is <laughs> mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like that's really where I think Paul's getting at is... Mm-hmm. It's almost outside of these material things. It's what your heart is feeling right. all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We put an emphasis on gifts and material things, but really like those are just symptoms right. of where your heart is at. Mm. I think it's also kind of your perspective too, because you know, you talked about going into third world 
countries and on mission trips and things like that. Sometimes we want to bring these people or these kids like clothes or toys or, you know, we want to give them the things that we have because we think that that's what they need. Yeah. Because we, that's we what feel we like- we feel this tension in our hearts too. And so we're like, I need to fix this. Right. And in all honesty, like they're okay with what they have. And actually I have seen that they almost have more joy than we do in all of our material possessions because what they need is right there with them, with their family, with their kids, working the fields, you know, all those things. And so sometimes if we like maybe strip back some of the things that we put as so important in our lives, like if we would just kind of change our perspective and look at things a little bit different, then we may have contentment in those small things. I think for the people of Philippi, this would have been a very poignant message too. Mm. It's a very wealthy community. Mm -hmm. You know, we put this picture in the book of this gold leaf, you know, crown thing that we saw at the archaeology museum. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what they existed for. There were gold mines all around them. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that when they're saying in riches or in poverty, Mm -hmm. you know, this message, they're like, well, I've got the riches part down. The poverty sounds terrifying. Right. Yeah. It's a really sobering message for them to hear. Yeah. And this was a real threat for them. I mean, if they don't live as good Roman citizens, Mm -hmm. job loss is a legitimate possibility. I mean, sometimes that might be an issue for us in our country today, Mm -hmm. too. Like, are you going to do the right thing? Right. The thing that Jesus would want you to do? Or will you do maybe unethical things because that's going to help you in your job? Right. And so we have decisions like that to make in our own world today. Yeah, that's good. Turns out following the teachings of Jesus is not, you know, without the possibility of consequence. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. If this is your first time, we're so glad you checked us out. Keep listening. If today didn't seem like your cup of tea, check back tomorrow. Every single day is just a little bit different. To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and ebooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org and follow us on Instagram at willowcreeknS. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag willowjourney. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.